Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's very special episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we've got Max Maxwell with Wholesaling Elite flying in all the way from Salem, North Carolina. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely, man. How are you doing today? Doing good. And today Max is going to share how he went from broke in 2016 to earning a million dollars in wholesaling fees in 2018. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only app you need for wholesaling, and I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Mm. So please message me if you need any help at all with your business. If you're excited for today's show, please give me some waves, give me some thumbs up. As a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask of you. This is what it costs to listen to this show. If you get value today, which I know you will, please tell a friend. Either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. Don't forget this is a live show and Max is an open book. I promise you that. So please <laughs> post your questions. He's going to answer them. Are you ready? Yeah, man, I'm ready. All right. So first question is what got you into real estate? Um, a lot of other failures, right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. So starting something new is not new. So I've, I, I just had failed launching an app. We, we launched it. It didn't work out the way uh, funding was needed. And um, a childhood friend of mine, uh, Tony, most people know him as Tony the Closer. His dad is like, uh, he's in real estate. I just never knew to what capacity. And then I was just having a conversation with his dad and then his dad mentioned wholesaling one day. And I just wanted to find out what that was. So I went home and Googled it. And then from from there, just never stopped. So you, you heard about it. Yeah. Got it. Just something. Mm -hmm. All in. All in. Yeah. I went home and I was like, I was like, this guy is successful as he is. And he talked about wholesale. Let me figure out what that's not only thing he did. But, you know, I couldn't own all those properties he owned right away. So he said wholesale. And I was like, cool, let me check it out. I went home, checked it out. And I, and I stayed in my room for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what it was. Very cool. Um, so talk about your first deal. Ah. I remember it. So after three weeks in in my mom's, and keep in mind, I moved back home because I'm broke now. I'm yeah. at 30. Yeah. Right? I'm about to be 31. So I moved back home um, to my mother's house and I learned about wholesaling three weeks straight. I think I know everything in the book there is to know about wholesaling. Uh, between I got, I got like a bachelor's degree on YouTube University like yeah. in three weeks. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go drive for dollars because that is the only thing I could afford right now. I had negative right. dollars in my Bank of America account. I had a 2004 Volkswagen Jetta. And I was I said, let me go driving around. And I picked up a friend, uh, Bryce. We went driving around and we found we actually went on just a neighborhood I lived in that I grew up in on a street I grew up on. OK. And we found a house on the corner and literally i was like this is it i can't this is it so it was grown tall grass and tall bushes and it was it was everything i dreamed about and it, it wow. was literally that simple my first deal so it doesn't happen that often but that's yeah. how i found my first deal but you put it out there for the universe exactly. to know you're gonna do it yeah three you were weeks. intentional about it yeah three weeks that's crazy and it's just so for context like everybody like when did you close your first deal so i got my first deal under contract september 28th at Ty Vola, Ty Vola Boulevard in Salisbury, North Carolina, at the Waffle House parking lot is how I signed the contract. So September 28, 2016, and then I got it assigned four days later and and made a $14,000 assignment fee. Yeah, and you got a saying, you're only one deal away. Yeah. 
So. And yeah, that and that's true. And that's why I came in with that saying. When you're saying when you're one when I say you're one deal away, mm-hmm. I really mean like you're one deal away. That first deal will forever change the way you think about how to earn money. Yeah. And just three weeks worth of working and a couple hours driving around, here I am fourteen grand later and I said, Wow. This is crazy. So coming from somebody that was in the military, I think my highest rank, I made like $23,000 a year. Really? To making like like $14,000 in three weeks. I was like, you know what? This is where it's at. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. You've landed. So, um, you know, one of the reasons why I do this show is to inspire people, you know, to give people the motivation to see that this is possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now you kind of look like an overnight success, but not really because there were a lot of trials and tribulations. So, like, you were a realtor for a little bit. Yeah. How did that affect so, or in fact, how you how you got into this? Well, kind of rolling back a little bit. At 17, I went into the United States Air Force. Uh-huh. And I did my term there. I figured out that I wasn't a great I it wasn't meant for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every bit of it. I loved the camaraderie, I loved the guys, people I met. Um I just had I just seen bigger things for myself. I yeah. got out, got my real estate uh license. Uh I was actually in the last class where you can get your broker's license back to back. So you can go to sales school and broker school and then go straight and get your broker's license. Well, they can't do that anymore in North Carolina. Um, now it's like, I think it's like two year waiting period or something. Okay. So I got my, uh, I worked for a company called Allen Tate for a year, did pretty well. And then I went out on my own, started property management and investment company. Um, a guy from Southern California gave me his entire portfolio one day. Mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, I think it was like a $15 million portfolio of properties. Wow. And that's a lot of money. I know it's not maybe a lot. That's like seven houses out here in Arizona. But <laughs> in Carolina, that's multifamily, single family. That's yeah. everything. And I managed his entire uh, his entire portfolio until the economy started to collapse. Mm-hmm. And he started selling off his uh, portfolio before it collapsed. So I, th- I don't know if he had a magic ball at home or something. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so we did that. And when the economy went down, he was like 90% of my business. So there I go to with it. Okay. And um, I was in, that's where I enjoy, I loved the, I, I, it was okay. The real estate buying and selling side mm-hmm. was cool, but I really loved the property management and the investment side of things. Yeah. And when that, when that failed in 2008 is, I think is when I left. And I was like, you know what, that's it for me in real estate. I'm done. Yeah. And, and then I, and doing an additional digging, I saw that, you know, you, you had that dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Growing right? up. Yeah. I didn't know until like probably my, like, sophomore year in high school that the reason why it was so hard for me to like learn the traditional ways because mm-hmm. I had a hard time reading yeah um, and I didn't understand what it was I just thought it was kind of normal mm-hmm. and then I found that I had dyslexia and stuff like that and I and but having that made and, and knowing what I had at that point made me enhance other skills right my communication skills became a lot better um, because I was unable to like, what would take a person five minutes to read would take me probably like 15, 20 minutes. Wow. So I can do it. It just takes me time. Yeah. And so I lacked in that. So I picked up other skills to, to help me get along. Well, the reason why I want to touch on that is because you had some, you know, it's a weakness, mm-hmm. right? It's a disability in one way or another, Yeah. but you embraced it and ran with it. Yeah. Right. It didn't, you didn't let it hold you back. You, you, and you embraced it and went further. And that's like, um, you know, Richard Branson and Steven Spielberg are two of the most, you know, famous people that grew up with dyslexia. But because of that, you had to maximize your other skills and you went and did that. So there's no excuses. And see, I never knew that. I never really knew that because I didn't read my first book till I was 30. Yeah. 
from cover to cover, I didn't read my first book till I was 30. So I did. I never knew that other people out there, successful people had it. Yeah. It's like a thing you just was quiet about. You, mm-hmm. Some of your close friends knew something was different, right. but you know, you just embraced it. Yeah. So if you were starting over today, yeah. what would you do differently with your wholesale business? You know what? I don't, <laughs> I don't think I would do anything different. Yeah. Um, I had, I've, I've, I've took some L's. Mm-hmm. I've learned from them though, to make me what I am now. Um, and I still recommend now everybody, when you're starting, go drive for dollars. That's the number one way to one, you're going to learn your market. Mm-hmm. If you drive enough, you're going to learn what's hot. Yeah. If you're out and about and people are flipping houses and you have that, that communication skill to get out the car and talk to the contractors, you'll start getting learning more and more and more about the actual, you know, that, that area. So I don't think I would change anything Okay. at all. That's fair. Uh, what would you attribute your success to? Um, not, not giving up. Like I know, I know finding the first deal in the first three weeks helps, but man, I've took so many L's before that I've owned restaurants. I've had failed car lots. Mm -hmm. I failed an app. I've had other businesses that you could think of. I had a notary business. I've had everything (laughs) you could think of. So just like, you know, just, just not giving up knowing that, you know, just wanting to not wanting to be better than what you are yeah. every day. And that's Refusing what I'm trying to, to be. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's a lot of big names in our space nationally, mm-hmm. locally. I kind of joked earlier, like this yeah. is wholesale capital. Of the it world. is. But nationally, I mean, how's your different, how's your wholesaling business different than everybody else's wholesaling business? I think I started out. So I think a lot of people go the traditional route with some of the more expensive marketing methods. Mm-hmm. I embrace cold calling and a lot of other cheaper strategies because it was a budget thing for me. Yeah. And while I embraced them and they became a core of my business, I started, I found it was much easier to scale with those. Yeah. So I would say my business has a little bit less overhead than most people have for what we produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep more of our profit and we, we can change our marketing on a dime, yeah. right? So we can react to what the market gives us pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some guys, some big guys, they're sending out $30,000 worth of mail a week, mm-hmm. right? You can't just stop that. No, no, you, because it's a trickle thing, right? Yeah, the day you stop. Yeah, so we stops ringing. we can try new things. Like we're on, we we've been doing RVMs heavy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cold calling. We've been I've been big on cold calling myself from day one because yeah. it was cheap. So that's kind of what what separates us. Okay. Um, so Sonia Ray wants to know what's your plans for 2019. Um, some some I can't really talk about. Okay, um, but. Um, ex- exploring new markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to explore something not right in our backyard. So yeah. We expanded this year, but we're looking to go into some other states. Okay. And and try to get some low hanging fruit there. Awesome. And she all wants to know, also wants to know what's your favorite book and why. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. It just changed my mindset. I mean, and it was also the first book I read cover to cover in my life. Okay. So it was it just it's a mindset changer, and it was a great story. Whether it's true or not, it made me believe. Story doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? Because <laughs> right, it got, got me across. thinking. Exactly. It got me thinking what the book was intended for me to think. Right. And I just look at money and life a lot different now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Antonio L. wants to know, what markets are you dominating right now? My whole market, the triad area. What's the sale in Greensboro and High Point? The triad area. That's yeah, what you guys call it? triad, yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Learn something new, right? Yeah. Uh, so Monique May wants to know, she lives in a tax lien state, not a tax deed state. How does that... Um, 
Are you finding people not as motivated in taxing states? So that that's cool. So we only do tax. I've, I've never done a tax lien state. Mm-hmm. We are a tax deed state, which means you, you, you don't pay your taxes. They sell your entire house. How fast? Um, s- sometimes our, our state is like three years, maybe, if you haven't paid your tax in mm-hmm. three years. Um, they really don't have a timeline. The statute says you can, they can start from day one. But okay. what I've seen in the trend is probably about three years. Okay. Hotter, hotter areas. It's a little bit. Sl- it's a little right. bit faster. A little less forgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they want that property uh, right. up in producing taxes. Uh, tax lien state. There is strategies with that, um, but it's more of a long strategy because they. Most people know the rules mm-hmm. and know that they have time. Right. So, but as long as you, um, but it ends up it at the end of a tax lien. From what I understand, at the end of a tax lien sale, when it when it matures, they end up losing the property anyways. Right. So you just have to wait. So some states it's a one year mature, some states it's a two year before the lien holder can foreclose on mm-hmm. it. Find out your state statute and then wait it out. Yeah. Or find out the ones that were done two years ago if you're at a two year state. Right. And pick them up at twenty two months and start your marketing then. Yeah. And for you guys there in Arizona, I believe it's two years. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so there are some questions here. Some of these questions I'll be uh, I'll be asking Max later on. Uh, when did you know it was the right time to scale your business? When I couldn't handle the calls anymore. Yeah. When I started screening potential leads according to what voicemail they left. Mm-hmm. Right. That's bad business. Right. Because you never <laughs> if, if qualifying they, based off the voicemail. Yeah. So I've probably left a lot of money, tens of thousands in the voicemail boxes because, oh, that doesn't sound that motivated because we were putting out so much marketing yeah. as far as like like bandit signs, cold calling, like all these things that were created so much incoming calls. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of PPC now too, but inside on inside of these, these, these inbound marketing strategies and it's like, okay, I am, I'm wasting so much money by not being able to answer these calls lives. Yeah. So when I, st- my second hire was a person to answer the phone, my leads manager. Okay. Uh, and then, um, what was it? It was Bryant wants to know, uh, if you were to buy something off list source, do you buy off list source right now? Yep. Uh-huh. What's the first list you would buy off list source? <sighs> Absentee owner. Absentee owner? Yeah. Okay. And it depends, and, and, and it depends on your state, like absentee owner in Florida, probably no good everybody owns a house in florida lives somewhere else right <laughs> yeah um i'm not sure what it is in arizona phoenix area but in north carolina if you own a house and you don't live there it's probably because you don't live there mm-hmm. you really don't live there. it's not a vacation house that you have right um so i would go after that and the reason why i say is because it's it's all about timing right when your marketing hit them is at the right time it's like mm-hmm. does the intersections cross at the right time and one is if you keep marketing to that list or that person and then they get motivated at the right time, whether there's a family emergency, whether they receive too many, whether the tax bill comes at the wrong time, mm-hmm. they see it and they just, you know, that, that, that emotional. It's that window. Yeah, it's that window. Exactly. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. And that's something that we talk about like, in our market. Like, you know, there's so many freaking people here, but we're still friends around here, even though we're in the same industry. Because when you call and when I call, who knows when we're going to get them at the right time. Correct. It's all about timing, right? <laughs> yeah. When is that dial going to stop yeah. at the right time? Okay. Um, so Kimberly Ford wants to know, when you flip a house, why do you listen to MLS versus waiting to selling to a known investors? When she says flip, is like a, like a real flip? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, the, the, the MLS is the biggest buyer's list you can ever get. Yeah. Right? So we even list... I'll say it. We list some of our wholesales mm-hmm. on the MLS because yeah. in North Carolina you can't. 
Right. Um, so because it's the biggest buyer's list out there. Yeah. And it makes sense if you can take it down. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we so obviously if we're flipping it, we take it down. Yeah. Um, in, in North Carolina, there is there's a there's a if you have the intent to take it down, you can list it as owner is not yet record. Mm. Seller is not yet owner. Seller is not yet owner of record. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. There's a, there's We're probably going to need that field soon in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it helps because if, if I'm, if I'm going to take it down, I can go ahead. I don't have to wait if I have a scheduled closing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Jerry and Simon wants to know, I think this is a good question for you. If someone's active duty, how would you advise them if they're active duty military also wholesale on the side? Yeah. So I, I, got, a, I got a guy right now. He's actually in Japan. Um, he, just, he, he just inboxed me today. And he was like, look, I made 30,000 in the last, like, you know, couple months wholesaling yeah. on the side. Now keep in mind, he's active duty in Japan, wholesaling virtually in whatever market in America. So it's possible. Now, as a former active duty person, it all depends on your job too. My active duty job would not allow that type of activity because I'm yeah. always on call, always doing something, always traveling here and there. But if you have downtime, if you have a traditional job where you're working 10 to 12 hours a day in the military, mm -hmm. then, yeah, you have time. I would look into being a virtual wholesaler. Or if you're based in somewhere that's cool, like if you're based stateside, Florida, somewhere, Georgia, then yeah. look to do it locally. Right. Um, I, think, I think any area with a base is a good market because there's always an influx of people in and out. And I love that he's thinking about this, right? Like, there's no excuses. He's working. Yeah, I mean, you, you might as well get it started now so that your transition that you're making into the civilian world is so much easier when your pockets are fat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Aiden Rodriguez, um, his challenge right now is how to change mindset and improve the law of attraction. I would say, I would say believing. One thing you have to do, so like for me in the last two years and two months, nothing has changed around me. Yeah. Other than my mindset. And I say that a lot. Like people were still doing what they were doing before. Mm -hmm. Money is still worth the same. Only thing changed was what it's in between my ears. And I would say like to do that, you might probably need to change your surroundings of the people you're with. And that's it. Because once like I very often try, I, tr I try not to be the smartest person in any room. Yeah. If, if you are the smartest person in the room, then you need to leave. Mm -hmm. So if you're hanging out with your friends and you're the ones always giving advice, find some new friends. Oh, that's when I started hanging problem. out with millionaires, I wanted to become them. Yeah. I found myself sitting in the in, in the chair and listening way more than I was talking. Mm -hmm. And when you see people do certain things and their mannerisms, you're like, man, I want to do that. I want right. to become that. And if you can if you can change your circle, your mindset will change. Yeah, absolutely. And that's incredibly powerful. I think that, um, you know, Jalen was on the show a couple of weeks ago and like things he's talking about, man, I can't wait to have those problems. Yeah. Right. But because he's hanging out with people way on bigger. the level. Yeah. So when, when people are like, like people are like trying to like, I have friends that are wholesalers and they're trying to become the biggest wholesaler in their state. I'm trying to become the biggest wholesaler in the country in some way, you know, have yeah. a real estate empire of X, Y, Z. Right. Right. Just because the people I hang around with in their respective industries, they are the largest. Mm -hmm. So you don't try to have that small thinking. You want to be as as big as your mind will allow you to be. That's awesome. Uh, Elijah Rubin wants to know what do you do with your fire damage properties. Elijah, what's up, man? Um, I honestly, I've never done a fire damage property. Really? Never done one. 
I don't know if we got good firefighters in North Carolina or what, <laughs> but I've never done a fire damaged property, and I'm and I'm not a guru, so I won't answer a question that I don't have the answer to. Yeah, uh, Jared wants to know how do you decide when to cold call versus RVM? We do both simultaneously. Yeah. Um, what we found out through strategies because I we we created a software called REI Rail. Mm-hmm. Um, what we found out is that um, the first touch is good statistically the first touch is better with rvm Hmm. um and this is just over testing thousands of calls yeah because if you can get that outbound strategy to become an inbound Mm -hmm. way hotter right so if my first interaction with the the person is a voicemail then uh it's way more softer now we call and rvm at the same time yeah so it's it's just and use if you're going to do rvm make sure you use a female's voice a little tip there. I don't know why it works better, but it does. A lot less, um, what's the word? Intimidating. Yeah, that's it. Uh, sourcing deals. So, like, where do you get, like, your best deals right now? Uh, from inside. So, it's not any list buying service we use. Our best deals come from what we um, create from our county of records. Yeah. Right? So, digging at the, uh, let's say, like, the eviction court mm-hmm. or digging in through the probate files at our local county. Like yeah. list like any list you can't buy is where you're gonna get the biggest deals. Right. Point there's blank. no online service for it. There's no online service. So there's not Tom that's it's not anybody, anybody <laughs> listening that's named Tom. But nobody <laughs> named Tom with a huge credit card that can send out thousands of pieces of mails every week sitting in his living room in his underwear yeah. can't 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 compete with you. Right. So you take the money factor out. We were talking about that before. Like you take the money factor out of the how successful you can be, and it, you leave it to just straight hustle. You'll get a lot of deals. I like that. You level the playing field. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what does your organization look like today, as far as like acquisitions, dispositions, and cold call or so on? So we got. Uh, so I have t- I have two sides of my business. We have a uh, a virtual side. Mm-hmm. And we have an in-house side. Yeah. So virtual, I have uh, two full-time cold callers. No, one, one. Now we're down to one full-time cold caller. My lead manager is actually Laika. She she's in the Philippines, mm-hmm. so she's the first touch of communication when you do an inbound call to our company. Yeah. Um, I have an admin personnel person that her entire job, Alexis, her entire job is first making sure every all my other cold call everybody that works overseas is taken care of. And she manages all our lists that we procure online. Okay. And the ones that we get ourselves from the courthouse. She is the manager of all the data. Okay. She's the bottleneck of data. Um, so that's that. What else we got? Stateside in my office, three cold callers, an office manager, two acquisitions guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you said something about making sure our virtual assistants are taken care of. What does that mean? Um, so they're part of my family. Just because they don't come in the office every day, they get bonuses, they get taken care of. We pay bonuses according to their holidays and not our only. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, so we, I mean, we take care of them. They're just like, my longest employees mm-hmm. are, have been my virtual ones. Yeah. Right, so, um, yeah, we've, we've got well, my, all my virtual staff has been over a year. Okay. Yeah. So we've had we've had one turnover because of a personal reason somebody want to leave. Yeah. But everybody that's been with me since we started is is still there. 
Okay. Like when I started hiring virtually. So everybody's over a year. They're family. Straight that's, up. That's incredible. So your acquisition guys, um, they're taking the inbound calls, right? Nope. Or no, they're so they're doing outbound calls. Uh, on, we got cold callers. Leads. We got cold callers that okay. do. Okay. So we have our our acquisitions guys technically don't do too many outbound calls mm -hmm. because they're fed leads mm -hmm. from one either like of the lead manager or two are in-house cold callers. Yeah. And there's a funnel system that these leads go to and they get signed okay. once they come in. Awesome. Uh, so what do you pay the acquisition guys? <clears throat> uh, commission, yeah. base and commission. So I think it's 35 plus commissions. Now they can make, you know, they can make a quarter million dollars a year. It's up to okay. them. Um, but you know, it, it averages out where they, you'll, they'll touch six figures if they need to. Awesome. And then did you say you had a disposition guy? Um, so one of my acquisitions guy, which is actually a realtor, is, is a disposition. But we have a we have a disposition factory. It's 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 kind of easy yeah. because it's all done online through. Right. We use text. So my office manager, mm -hmm. um, she sends out the email blast, text message blast in order to be able to, uh, you know, reach our buyers. And yeah. it's it's kind of seamless. OK, so, you don't. I don't need a full time person that's just dedicated to that. Right. Okay, I see. There was a question. Uh, how far back do you go on the probate list? As far as it's not, as far as the property is still owned by the person. Yeah. So we go, we go back. We 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 have we catch new records and go back as long as there's an open file. Okay. Uh, and then you mentioned triad. That's you're primarily predominantly in triad for now. Yep. Triad. We have a couple other markets that I won't really talk about because it just it's in the works. Well, no, I have a market that we're in now. I just don't talk about it because. It when when I say a market's good, people run there, <laughs> and it's just just that's what the way it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, okay. So services offered. Um, I know like you you offer ringless voicemail. Mm -hmm. uh, looks like a, a CRM. What do you what is <clears throat> like like products we've created? Yeah. Um, Aria Rail is pretty much it. Um, Aria Rail is a, it's it, it's an intelligent ringless voicemail system. Mm -hmm. What we found out so. After doing so much cold calling and so much RVM, we used to use all these RVM situations, but they were unintelligent RVMs. Yeah. That makes make sense, right? So typically you get a list, you blast it out, the same message, everybody gets it. What happens when they call back, it's like, oh, I'm not in front of my computer. What property were you calling about? Mm -hmm. Already a guard goes up, right? So you right. gotta you gotta hack the trust equation. Yeah. Right? In order to do that, we use technology. So we came up with this thing where a list you upload your list and mm. each list gets its own identification number. And it's more than you just uploading a phone number. You're uploading the person, the property address, all the information you have about them. And when you send out that blast, milliseconds before the phone rings on your computer screen pops up all the information about the person and anything we could find about their house online. Tax value, last sell date, square footage, any pictures we can dig yeah. online, everything. And then we have this, we invent this thing called deep tracing where say you call me, it's gonna pull up everything about you it finds out. What college you went to, your last job, all this stuff. So now you have an, a just so much information about the person. So you call say, hey Steve, yeah, you calling about the house on 123 Main Street. Yeah, I'm interested. It's a much more intelligent conversation. Mm -hmm. And let's just say you work at Pepsi Cola and I see that, I'm like, oh yeah, my dad worked at Pepsi Cola for 22 years. Br try to bring that up in the mm -hmm. conversation so you can hack that trust equation. So yeah. that's what we did with REI Rail. It's a way more than just an RVM machine. The simple saying is that yeah, it's a crazy RVM machine, but it's built from it's built from the ground up. It's not yeah. just white labeled something and put it out there. It's built from the ground up. 
you got Vince and Justin, those guys really busted their butts to make it work and they're part of the customer success team and everything. So shout out to those guys for building yeah. such a crazy software. What I like about it is that you're doing this business. Mm -hmm. So you're doing a tool, you created a tool that you're using. It was an internal tool first. Yeah. So it was never meant to be released to the public. Right. It was that we were using this. And when I met Justin, I said, listen, I got an idea. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that's crazy. We were just working on the same stuff, same type of thing. And I was like, here, this would be cool if it had. Mm -hmm. And you lock them in a room for six months. And then they come out with these data vert. And we were using it internally, like for five months before we even released it out to anybody. Yeah. I started having beta testers. And then September 1st, we released it. And it was like, let's, let's do this. And it's just been it's it's phenomenal. It's what I've been using to 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 hack some things. All right, because RVM is one thing, but intelligent RVM is way different. Yeah, no, I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> try so, it out. Get a demo. It's free. <laughs> Your demo is free. Uh, so uh, there was a question here about redemption. So in a tax deed state, is there a right for redemption? Oh heck yeah. Okay, so how well, do you well, it's not a that? redemption. So what happens in North Carolina, if you read the statutes, mm -hmm. this is like a hack. So anybody that is in this business, make sure you read the statutes. It's boring lawyer lingo, but I'm telling you, once you understand it, it's going to make the difference, a world of difference. Because think, of, think about this, Steve. If we are problem solvers, right? If you don't know the ins and outs of the problem, you're not the best guy to solve it. Right. So I say that because, for example, when we have a tax foreclosure in North Carolina, um, the, foreclosure, the foreclosure can happen one day after you're late for your taxes, but it typically doesn't. So the wow. for, the for, yeah, it, that's what the law says. It's never happened from my record, from what I know. Yeah. But you, what you can do is they, they have the sale at the courthouse. That sale, that sale day is not final. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a house goes up for auction at the courthouse. And what happened is there's a 10 day upset bid period that you have 10, somebody can walk in anytime to the clerk of court and mm -hmm. place a new bid 5% or X amount of dollars or whatever's what? higher. Yep. Within 10 days of the actual auction. So the wow. auctions are pretty bare at the, nobody really goes to the auctions because you don't need to go. It's not the real auction. It's not the real auction. Yeah. So I walk in on day nine, I place my bid 5% more, a new 10 day starts. 10 days, 10 days, 10 yeah, days. That's gotta be irritating. Well, if you, if you understand that, my team was like, listen, while that 10 day happens, we'll just go to the owner. Mm -hmm. You go right to the owner because the property hasn't conveyed yet. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You go right to the owner and you negotiate with the owner. You get it in writing, get the paper, and then you can walk down to the courthouse. You can get it closed and at the closing table, everything's paid off. Yeah. And if you need more time, go up, go upset bid yourself. So we have, I wouldn't say it's a strategy, mm -hmm. but something people do here is they follow BK. And yeah, postpones yeah. the foreclosure. You can, you can do that too. It's a little bit more paperwork well, and messy. That's a lot more expensive than yes. just submitting a new bid. Yes, and a BK is kind of <laughs> dirty. But we 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 just just knowing the state statute allows yeah. you to to know how to solve the problem the best. And sometimes these auctions could go on for three, four months, ten days at a time. Man, that's awesome. Uh, so monthly overhead, like running your business, what is that? What does it cost for twenty eight five? And okay, we, and we just went up to like we just added on some people, so it's like thirty-one something. Okay, twenty. Yeah, that's where we're at, and that's with marketing. Okay, that's with marketing. So that's, how much of that is marketing? Um, probably about half of that. Yeah. So like your base salaries, am I saying that right? Yeah, a little bit less than half. So we probably marketing wise, we're probably at like 
twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a month. Okay. Depending if I want to try something off the wall new, then right. right, that can go up by five grand or so. Uh, Tanisha wants to know what RVM program you're using. REI Rails, the one we created. Yeah, and I, but <laughs> just want to give her <laughs> opportunity to get check that. it out. REIRail.com. Um, so, are there any resources that people need to know about themselves? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the number one resource yeah. is themselves. Because I, I, you know what I found? You probably know this too. A lot of people ask you for like this magic button formula or list that's out there that just makes you thousands of dollars. It's not that. Yeah. I think a lot of people have to, I know there's a lot of education out here. You have to scale back all of that stuff and really look at yourself as just a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And once you become the number one resource to your customer, that's all that matters. Right. Can you solve their problem? Not how much money can you make first? Right. What is their problem? Assess it and how can you solve it? And during the solving process, if you're good enough, you will be rewarded for solving right. somebody's problem. How valuable you are as a problem solver. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's not difficult. I know it sounds so elementary, but that is the reason how we've been able to scale and get to the point where we are now. And then as you do, can you can systematize solving problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The solution is easy or simple. <laughs> it's just how do you, hard is it to get there? Correct. Uh, what CRM do you use? I use InvestorFuse. Okay. I've been using it since day one, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. I've never tried anything else. So I know my buddy Donald Ross has a good one, but I haven't. I haven't tried it. Um, we use it. We use Don's. Use Don. Yeah. We, we so use Beast Mode. Yeah. So Beast Mode. Beast Mode is legit. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say it, but for me, it's one of those things where, man, I need. I. I, I, I don't even want to entertain the switching side of it, going yeah. to switch my CRM. There's so much on there. But what, the day the day will come because I I know even InvestorFuse has a new one, and I haven't I switched have, over that. I have not heard great things about that one. Me neither. And I think they're working on that. <laughs> I hope they're they working. Better. Dan, if you're listening, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, any other tools or systems you couldn't live without? My phone. Mm. My phone, and uh, let's see what what apps do I have that I just absolutely love. I like to do this. Um, I'm gonna give you one, a couple. So I have a whole real estate folder. Um, deal machine for sure. Yeah. Uh, deal machine for sure. And I got the podio. I got simple crew. Simple crew allows me to manage where my bandit signs are. Right. And that's pretty much it. And my hello sign so I can sign my documents <laughs> when, no matter where I'm at. <laughs> Um, what would you do if the market took a dip? Wholesale a lot more. Love that answer. <laughs> because because when you think, see, and that's what I'm saying a lot, because that question's coming, right? Because yep. Wall Street Journal's, you know, what I seen the other day, Wall Street Journal writes an article about how the market's tanking, mm-hmm. and then they turn it into a sponsored post. Yes, if you're, <laughs> it's a sponsored post. So I was like, what are they trying to, what? What are they trying to send the signal for? Right. And I thought that was crazy. But if you look at yourself as a problem solver and the market tanks or has a correction or whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. there's going to be more problems to be solved. Right. <laughs> exactly. More Money. opportunities. Money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your why? My why. So I don't. I, I don't. I'm. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. Um. So I don't have the typical why like most people. I just have a drive, man. I just like. My mom, my dad, always been hard workers. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like it's just passed on to me. 
and it's like my why is like one you know i i semi-retired my mom this year cool and then like well so she went part-time and then like just being able to to do what i want to do when i want to do it and then being able to like en- enjoy life like yeah. the way i think it was designed now for other people that's that means a lot of different things like it, it can be 50 grand and a, and a and a cake you know make make cakes out of your garage um it's it's different for everybody else but i think being financially free so that one day i, I always had that mental thing or like yo i'm gonna get married but i want to do it i want to be financially independent mm-hmm. i want to have kids but i want to be fine you know that those oh yeah, yeah. blocks we put in our so Having that, reaching those goals so I can create a family and do all that type of stuff that I want to do. I can tell you as a husband and father, there's no right time. There's No, that's what people say, but it's like those blocks you put in your head. There's right? no right but, time. I, but I, what I would tell you is any problem you have, money makes it a little bit easier. That's, it solves a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, so there's something that you and I were talking about before we, rec- we started the recording, though, was that you've got this warehouse that you're creating opportunities. So let's talk about yeah. that. So, Steve, when I, I, I said... I used to say back in the days before I had when I had the poor mentality, mm-hmm. I used to say when I hit the lotto. Right. Yeah. That's a poor man's thought mm-hmm. is when I hit the lotto. Right. Because you can do all your things and you can become wealthy without hitting the lotto. But I used to think that. I say when I hit the lotto, I used to say, listen, I want to create a three story school that is all about multimedia type things. Right. Podcast, video, photography. So what, what we got, we got a warehouse space that we're going to create into a creative space. Yeah. Um, and we're leaning towards the nonprofit side so that we can get kids into multimedia because it's the future, right? right? Like if kids, if imagine two 12 year olds in here having their own podcast. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know what I mean? So getting that type of thing in here, having kids do video and photography and stuff like that, just a creative space so that people have the opportunity to, to like create, right? right. Cause I think you can, you can get rid of a lot of frustrations when you're creating stuff. Well, and I think there's, you know, there are a lot of things that happen, whether it's the writer or not, mm-hmm. you get hit with a felony, yeah. whatever, and they you can't, can't get a t- job anymore. Yeah, and that, that's one of my big things is like, if 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 you have a skill mm-hmm. that can't be taken away with a criminal record, then you'd be forever good, right? Right. Like, if you know how to, to record video, take pictures, your video, like all that great creative stuff, it doesn't matter right. Like if you have a record or if you have anything like that. So I think creating, giving people an opportunity to be creative, I think yeah. is, is like the ultimate like thing. I think mean, that's what I want to do. Well, and I think it's awesome because I had, so I am not an athlete, right? But <laughs> I played in a lot of basketball leagues and one of my buddies, I mean, we had guys that played for the Cardinals that were on our team, mm-hmm. you know? And then like the other thing was like Terrell Suggs' team and we play against them. And that's a whole nother story. It was really embarrassing when I tried to box out Terrell. <laughs> but uh, we had one of the guys that, um, you know, after this fo- football career was over, he was hanging out with his buddies, got into a bar fight that he didn't instigate, got hit with a felony. And now he's like, Steve, you know anyone's hiring because I can't get a job. But it was just one night. What He didn't even start it. Ruins your whole life. Ruins your whole life. So I love what you're doing because you're giving opportunities back to people yeah. that have so- lost those opportunities. The, what the system gives you only matters if you're trying to play within the system. Yeah. And when you're a creative person and you can travel the world taking f- videos, photography, whatever it is, or creating content that makes people money, yeah. then you don't have to ever worry about what the system labeled you as. Yeah. So so I heard a rumor that something happening in Dallas. Yeah, it's not a rumor. It's true. <laughs> uh, so a crazy story. I don't know how much time we got. So got plenty of time. This year, 
me and a friend Brian Irigbu were gonna we were gonna do an Instagram live, and this is when they first came out where you can have top and bottom, like you can go live with somebody. Mm -hmm. So we were gonna go live on May 29th, and Instagram didn't give me the feature yet. Mm. So we tested it and wouldn't work and wouldn't work. And then I said, you know what? Let's do a Zoom call. So I get on Instagram. I say, look, sorry for the inconvenience. We're gonna do a Zoom call. I think like, I think the number was like 500 and something people signed up in those two hours. Wow. And then we did the Zoom call, which was another two hours. And I think 200, 300 people watched the entire, and we we're just talking real estate and mm -hmm. talking like we're talking now. For sure. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And I was like, I got to the point where my following started getting up and I was like, everybody's like, when are you putting out your course? When are you putting out a course? And I was like, man, I don't want to put out a course. Like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want your 300 bucks. Right. And it was like, so I, I when in bed that night. I was like, you know what? I woke up and I said, I want to do, I want to do a live event. And the yep. only live event I've ever went to was Sean Terry's shout out to Sean Terry. And I was like, you know what? Sean Terry did a cool event. I can do one too. Yeah. So I did, uh, I, 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 it was crazy. So I'm involved in local politics, local, particularly for the sheriff race. Mm -hmm. And Denise was the social media person for the guy that was running for sheriff. And yeah. she would come to my office every Tuesday and we would implement new social media strategies for the following week. So she came in, she looked at my computer screen and I was on Cvent, like writing out all these stuff. Well, I got dyslexic, so I don't write that much. <laughs> it was like one word, it was like, sentences long when they yeah. wanted like paragraphs of description of what you want. She's like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm trying to create an event. I want to do an event sometime this year. And she was like, well, that's what I do. I'm an event planner. Mm. I'm like, hmm. So she <laughs> took the computer. She's like, oh, let me see. I gave her my login. She went home. She filled all the stuff out from what I told her. The next morning, we got like 15 different hotels hit us up. Yeah. So it was that Thursday. We go to Charlotte. I meet a hotel, the Crown Plaza. I liked it. I said, Let's do it here. I said, what do you have available? She said, October 12th or 13th or something like that. I said, let's do it. I gave her a deposit, and that was the beginning of the first one. That was called Wholesaling Elite 18. We call it We Live 18. Mm -hmm. So we did uh, that. We did that makes sense. Yeah, right? Wholesaling <laughs> Elite. So We Live 18. Yeah. So it just happened. That was just born. So we sold that event out in one month, 430 right. people. Wow. Wholesalers, like from across the country yeah. and I was so amazed we went we did the event it was so flawless everybody had fun we learned so much we interact it was just like a big it just was so good everybody learned and we just had so much fun it was so organized yeah and everybody was like you got to do this again you got to do this again and this is at the conference and I was like well, what do we do and it was like listen we should do like somewhere in Texas it's like so the second day of the event, we said, listen, we're doing We Live 19 in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, we show like a hype reel of everything. And then, so we just released the tickets like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, this one is going to be the largest wholesaling event ever. Oh, yeah. So there's wow. like, and so, and I looked this up to make sure because I know the man that does the biggest events is like Sean Terry. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen a 1,200 to 1,500 people event just for wholesaling. Yeah. So we went that big. Wow. So um, tickets just went on sale two weeks ago. You can go to wholesalingelitelive.com mm -hmm. to buy your tickets. Um, they're running out the door right now. Last month we sold, like, it was crazy. So when we did We Live 18, people like to buy tickets within the last two weeks before the event starts. Yeah. Well, we were sold out in a month. Mm -hmm. We were sold out with 100 days ago. 
two weeks before the event, everybody's trying to get a ticket. People that had tickets bought extras to scalp. Yes, they no were way. scalping. I promise you, your they first were, event. They were scalping <laughs> tickets to the first event. I loved it because that's just like the hustle mentality. Like yeah. you waited, you were paying two hundred dollars more to get to yeah. the event. Um, wow. So don't be one of those people that buy an event <laughs> ticket that's two hundred dollars more this year. You can go check it out. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, so it's it, what month is it? It's gonna it's March twenty second through the twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. Um, it's a two and a half day. It's a three day event. It's it's huge. We got special guests coming. We're having yeah. a crazy party on Saturday night with the uh, secret performer that we haven't announced yet. Mm. Um, a lot of breakout rooms. I think there's three or four breakout rooms like to talk about certain things in wholesaling. It's just it's just gonna be a crazy event. It's just gonna. I just wanted to have so much fun. People learn. Like, like your goal to make so many millionaires. Yeah. Like, I just want people to be financially independent, like to yeah. be able to where they, whatever that is for them, that's what it is. Like, I want somebody to leave that nine to five because the worst thing you can ever do is wake up every morning and go to a job you hate. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the bulk of your day. You go to sleep angry knowing you got to wake <laughs> up to go to this thing you hate. You're so, dragging out of bed. Yeah. So even if the people, even if somebody can just replace their W-2 income wholesaling, mm. That's my goal. Yeah. That's my goal right there. So they can have more time with their family and do things they actually like to do. That's that's amazing. Uh, so Adrian wants to know on a topic of wholesale, virtual wholesaling, he's mm -hmm. entered two markets and built relationships with multiple properties. Uh, boots on the ground, what's the best advice for someone seeking a high quality team of individuals in a different market? Yeah, so I don't virtual wholesale that much. Mm -hmm. We do do JV deals a lot, something I don't really talk about. So we have we we figured out how to find buyers mm -hmm. in different markets without actually being physically there. Yeah. Um, virtual wholesaling, you you need to use services to be able to really build your team until you can really trust somebody that is on the ground for you. Yeah. Um, and I say that because you have like you can use services like for example, if you want to get a, a contract signed, mm -hmm. you can use something like a mobile notary service, right? Right. You, you use one two three mobilenotary.com, Go there and find a local notary to get and, and it makes the person selling the house feel more official because somebody's coming to the house and these mobile notaries are the same people that do refi loans for mm -hmm. the bank so they're, they they know how to stamp and go through documents you're going to knock show up to this person's house they might be elderly whatever you get them to sign the contract they get their copy the whole night it gets sent back to you so something like that if you need pictures of houses you can use wegolook.com mm -hmm. Um, you can get an inspection. I think it might cost you 100, 150 bucks for an inspection of a house. Right. But use services to build your team until you can actually build people. But if you're in this business, virtually is a virtual is a little bit harder because yeah. you got to spend some dough up front to get some things done. But it's possible. I know guys doing it. Like I told you, that guy that's in the Air Force, he's doing it from uh, Okinawa, Japan, and he's wholesaling in America. <laughs> that's virtual wholesaling. Yeah, for real. <laughs> And I saw that uh, Brent Daniels popped in. So what's up, Mr. TTP? Brent, I think I'm. I think I'm going to go see Brent if I have time between now and the the, uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. So, uh, yeah, he's the one that gave me your cell phone, FYI. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your biggest struggle right now? Um, hiring, man. Yeah. What about it? Um, finding people that that fit company culture, mm -hmm. that have the vision of the future. And are hard workers. I yeah. mean, listen, Americans are lazy. <laughs> we are, man. We're lazy. Yeah. Um, we like to get a paid for attendance. Mm -hmm. So finding somebody that, and I'm high strung, and I have a lot of energy, and I'm like, I'm up early. I don't, I don't go to bed late. I'm up pretty early, and I go full throttle. 
Right. And it's hard to find somebody that matches that or at least and a keep percentage up. of it. Yeah, man. So expanding the team locally mm-hmm. has been one of my biggest struggles this year and probably going into to 19. Can I let you on a secret? Yeah. That's going to be a struggle for the rest of your life. Okay, cool. Well, as long as I know, then I'm <laughs> just going to deal with it, right? Because that's the thing with every business is there's two things that you always struggle with. One's business or one's systems and one's people. Yeah. So it never changes. It gets harder. You get better at it. I think it's harder. It gets better. It gets harder. So, and and it's good, good you brought that up because systems sometimes it can become tricky, right? Yeah. I am a visionary, so I'm not the systems guy. Right. Right. Me too. I got that problem too. Yeah. So I'm I'm the thirty foot thousand feet guy, and I see the so I I to have a vi, uh, a guy that's that is that can implement processes is something that you know we're looking for. I'm looking for as well. You haven't I'm found that guy yet. I'm better. I got. I, got be- I forced myself to get better at it because it was the only way to grow. I know, but that's like, man. If you find that guy, there's a my buddy Lath. I'm waiting for him to come on the show. He's in Vegas, mm-hmm. and he found the perfect implementer. Man, just gangbusters. That's it. Document the systems. Everyone knows what to do. That, and that's and we've we've got we've got along. Don't get me wrong. Our system is okay, but yeah. I know it can be a lot better because. You know when you can only throw but so much at the system, mm-hmm. right? I'm not the biggest wholesaler in the country. Right. I don't do the most deals every month. Yeah. Right? That's not my MO. But we are efficient at what we do. Mm-hmm. We do it cheap and we do it well. Right. So we want to keep that same robust feel when we're growing. So having that system work yeah. is, what, is what I'm really looking for. So I know you've got a partner, right, in your business. Um, like we kind of, you talked, you touched on it a little bit lightly, right? Tony, I, the closer, like how does that? Yeah. So he's, he's not a direct partner in my business. Mm. Tony and I are childhood friends. Yeah. Like he came in on the sales side because he's like magnificent. Like the guy, like <laughs> if you come the closer, yeah, the closer, <laughs> if you came to his car lot, I don't care if you were just looking, you left with a car, right? Maybe two. So he's, 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 he's legit when it comes yeah. to like sales. He's he's got his own market. He, like he runs Raleigh and Durham okay. area, North Carolina. Okay. So we what happens is he helped with the sales process in the business, and um, but I don't have like a partner in in my so business. So he's not a partner in your business. Yeah, I don't I don't ha- I don't have an actual partner like in my business. He's so a peer that you can just bounce ideas off of. And yeah, because we're childhood friends. Like right. him and I, we grew up together since like 11, 12 years old. So we never had like our friendship is based on like friendship. Like yeah. it's not, not, it's not money. It's not, it's, it's a friendship based business, but he helps, he helps out when it comes to like the sales stuff and stuff like that, because that's what he's good at. Right. You got to know when, what you're good at and what you're not good at. So right. him implementing a lot of the sales stuff help grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's, he's still like, if I need to hire new people, he'll come and help me hire new people because hiring at a car lot, which is where we like to get a lot of people from too. Mm-hmm hiring at a car lot is, you know, a lot of turnover. So he's able to identify. So here's people. my struggle, right? Cause I know I've been told multiple times, go hire out of a car lot. Yeah. But I don't want to be that guy that shows up, not trying to buy a car, but trying to recruit. Like that's like when the guy calls you on your pay-per-click, Hey, can I, can you, can I put I you on my buyer's that. list? Hate that. <laughs> Do not click on my ads. Ask me. Man, I will give you a cussing out. But, um, no, yeah, it's, it's something that we don't i've never been to the car lot hiring guys but you can create ads that that target target them okay and car guys are always trying to leave the car world <laughs> even though it makes them a lot of money and they're good at it they want something that's less demanding and yeah. they can use the skill that they acquired at the right. car lot okay that makes a lot of sense what is your superpower <sighs> my superpower um i'm a people person man i, I like people and I, I i don't know i just treat people 
I just treat people good. Yeah. So I, I guess that's my superpower right now. If I had, if I, yeah, that's my superpower. I just like to have fun, man. Like life yeah. is not that hard and I don't like drama. I don't like any of that stuff. Like life is just simple, man. So like if you treat people good, it's gonna it's gonna come back to you. So we learn in school. Yeah. Simple, right? Go everything goes back to elementary school, right? Some of those foundations of life. Just the golden rule. Uh Tanisha wants to know what's the best skip tracing service? You can use all types of things. Um we announced at the conference when we created REI Rail, we were using REI Skip a lot. We bought that service. We bought majority share in that company. Mm -hmm. So we own REI Skip, so I would be uh, we're the best. But we are using we're, we create a new technology that's going to be rolling out in january justin is we're t actually testing it now where you get your full list back in like 15 minutes and yeah. you can skip individuals and all types of things so skip tracing is all about it's there, there's, there's no such thing as good cheap skip tracing that's number one <laughs> you those get what two, you pay for yeah those things don't go together so when you pay for your skip tracing and it's a reputable company you're gonna do good man but there's yeah. there's a lot of services out there but yeah. we use the one that we just bought. So oh, yeah, reiskip.com. I already knew you were going to say that. I just want to give you an yeah. opportunity <laughs> to plug it. Uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned? The greatest lessons I've learned. I think before when I was doing any other businesses because a serial entrepreneur, I never looked at being a business owner as solving a problem. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the greatest lessons I learned is that the value you bring to the table is what you leave with, right? Yeah. So like being a true problem solver man it, when you when you really look at the business like that mm -hmm. and not for yourself man you're going to grow so crazy right and and the money just comes in and then you know once you you know once you get the money it's just there it's right. it's, it's just numbers at that point so uh i get i have a coach i have a sales coach mm -hmm. and his thing is seek the truth and the sell will take care of itself it's true Right? It's true. If you go in there, try and understand the situation, understand their problem, really get in there, everything takes care of itself. So that's, I love that. Uh, what's your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Interesting failure. You know, I think, I don't know my most interesting failure. Man, I've had so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many of them. Man, like, I had... I, f I had a car lot. Yeah. Most like my most recent thing. I lost a lot of money on that one. Yeah. Um, when I was stalking you, right, on Facebook, I, was, I saw like, you know, buy this car or whatever. Yeah. Detailing. Yeah. So like I I, lo I lost a lot of money on a car lot. I learned a lesson though. Um, I created an app. Um, and the whole, the whole entrepreneur thing we're mm -hmm. in now where you're raising a crap ton of money to run your business, it's so fake. Oh, what does that mean? Like... For example, right now, you can come up with a great idea mm -hmm. for an app, whatever it is, raise a crap ton of money, never make any profit, be valued at $100 million, and you've never turned profit. That's not that's not real business. That's not entrepreneurship at all. That's Wall Street business. Correct. But that's why when Wall Street collapses or when the economy goes down, right. so does your business. Yeah. Because you're, sure. the people are not just giving out money that they don't really have mm -hmm. anymore. Like... My wholesaling business, I ain't, I've never had anybody give me money to create where I am now to mm -hmm. make millions of dollars. You know, it's just not, it's it's the real business. Like, I, you got to be making money from day one. Right. And what I like about that, too, is, you know, you have that, I was saying in the very beginning, kind of like an overnight success. But mm -hmm. it's not. Like, you failed over and over and over. And that's what it, you took 
I could write books about. I could write a book about just my failures. Yeah. Because you got you got to think. I started out real life at like 17 years old mm-hmm. to where I just turned 34 in November. So like I got a lot of years of failures to get to this point where the last two years have been the golden years of my life. Yeah. But man, you got 15 years of failure in there somewhere. <laughs> There's a lot of stories. Very cool. Very cool. So what would you tell someone that, cause I see it like, I want to say like every two, three weeks where the wholesaling houses full-time or wholesaling houses elite, mm-hmm. like this doesn't work. This isn't for me. Or, you know, everyone's full of it. Like, what would you tell that guy that's like giving up on the edge of giving up because they're frustrated? Well, there's two answers to that, man, because one is go ahead and leave. Yeah. Right. Because you didn't start it in the right position or the right mind frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, I think I just posted a video about this yesterday or this morning. I can't remember. Um, Like it's not working because you're not working. Yeah. Right. Like this stuff is simple. Mm -hmm. And I think and here's a lot of things that I that some of the problems that I have with a lot of these gurus is that there's a there's different levels to learning this business. Yeah. Most people don't make $5,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's start the business level of teaching them how to replace their W2 income. Right. Right? Cuz you can look at a business like mine's that that will do, you know, $100,000 a month. And that's what you want to model your business off. Right. Like I see people 3 weeks into the business, "Hey, how do I hire a VA?" Are you kidding me? <laughs> right? And that's because but that's what's taught. Right. right, or that's what they've looked into and said, but the reality is you need to be able to to start somewhere to replace what you're doing, and then you scale. Yeah. So, I, I, the the business, like you said, the business is not hard business. No. You just got to start somewhere, and it's not looking at somebody's business that is so huge. Right. So, uh, what's the last message you want to leave somebody with? Uh, you're only one deal away. Like seriously, and, and it's it sounds cheesy, but you're one deal away. Yeah. Like that first deal, I I never September twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget where. I, every time I drive past that exit, I remember. Yeah. Like that is the day that changed my life. That first contract, that first, it just changed my life tremendously, and it just opened up. My, I mean, there's so much things I've done in the last two years that I've never thought I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just glad I took the opportunity and jumped off the bridge without knowing what was going to be on the other side. All right. So just just know that you are if you truly want this, you're only one deal away. Yeah. Seriously. I think that's a powerful way to end it. So, guys, um, in case you guys did not get the memo, we're doing a pop up tonight. Yep. Five thirty Mission Del Sol Church. It's in Tempe, McClintock and Warner. Don't know the address, but look up Mission Del Sol Church. If it's off McClintock and Warner, that's it. It's at 5.30. We do have limited seating. So if you guys want to come, I would recommend getting there before (laughs) 5.30 because the last couple you've done. 200 people. 200 people, right? It's packed outside. It's cool. I love that, man. I love that. And so, um, and since it is a church and they were able to accommodate us last minute, if you guys can bring in some canned foods or something, that'd be pretty cool too to to give back. It's that time of year. Awesome. Um, And then, you know, uh, Max Jimenez, my partner, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a little workshop together uh, next month, you know, just helping some people get to their first deal. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, hit me up. And again, uh, you know, I wanted to end 2018 strong. I think I brought the best guest for that. And I appreciate I think we, that, man. We did that for sure. 
Uh, so if you guys like this show, please share it because we want to help. I want to create 100 millionaires. You want to create people yeah, to replace absolutely. their lifestyle or replace their, their W-2 income. Yeah. And we can't do that if we keep this all a secret. That's true. That's why that's why we go out there and share this stuff. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. And thank you. That was Appreciate it, man. Thank awesome, you so much. man.